This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by The Backwards Loop. Visit the shop online at www.thebackwardsloop.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 39, and thank you for joining me. You've probably noticed that this episode is a few weeks late. Since I last recorded, I've been dealing with some really difficult medical situations, and I've been in and out of the hospital a few times. So I had to take a few weeks off from the podcast to recover, and I feel much better physically now. So I'm really happy to be back recording, and um, thank you very much for your patience. Before I went into the hospital, as I mentioned in my previous episodes, I was kind of going through quite a knitting slump. I was feeling so tired and just really unmotivated about my knitting. But now that I'm feeling better, however, I have been really, really enjoying my knitting again. And I just can't seem to stop buying yarn and planning projects. I figure that I'm just making up for lost time. The two projects that I'm currently completely obsessed with starting at the moment are the paper doll sweater from the needle blog and the sabbatical cardigan by Connie Chang Kinkio. Now I've known about these patterns for a while and I've always liked them but recently I realized that they are must knit now items. I realized this around 2 a.m. one morning while I was staying up way too late surfing the internet. As you know, 2 a.m. isn't always the best time to make decisions, so what resulted is a frantic yarn-buying frenzy. Some might say that this was a very impulsive thing for me to do, and some could call it even irresponsible, but I call it retail therapy. Truth be told, I've been going through a very difficult time recently, and hey, if buying yarn and being excited about sweater projects at 2 a.m. makes me feel better, then so be it. So the result of my 2 a.m. retail therapy was that I ordered many, many, many colors of a fingering weight superwash merino for the paper doll sweater. And the colors that I got are all super pretty and they look really cool together. So I'm really excited about figuring out where all the different colors should be used in the color work pattern and pairing all the different shades together. If you haven't seen this sweater before, you really should check it out. It's really, really cute. It's a fitted pullover with short sleeves and it has this adorable paper doll colorwork pattern going across the yoke. Ever since this pattern came out, I've always admired it for myself. And there's so many cute versions that are being modeled by adults on Ravelry, and I've always thought it would just make a really cute adult sweater. But the other night, 
while surfing Ravelry at 2 a.m., I realized that this sweater now comes in my daughter's size. And that got me really excited because that just seems so appropriate. I can't think of a four-year-old that wouldn't love a really cute paper doll sweater. It's going to be really cute on her and way cuter on her than it would be on me. And it's not like adults can't wear it too. I mean, I would wear it, but probably not every woman would want to wear a paper doll sweater. So I think that it's absolutely perfect that it comes in a child size. That just seems really appropriate. So I'm very excited to get started on this project, and, and I hope that I can get going on it soon because I have all the yarn, and I just know it'll be really fun, especially since I've just been itching to do a colorwork project for what seems like forever. So I have no idea why I haven't gotten around to it, so I know I'll enjoy this one. So as I mentioned, my other fantasy sweater right now is the sabbatical pattern. And this is just so beautiful that I cannot even stand it. It's like the sweater I've always wanted and never had. It's a long cardigan with an all-over, really pretty lace design. This feels like the perfect sweater for when it's not too cold outside, but just when you need an extra layer, like in the evenings or in the fall or spring. I'm seriously in love with this sweater. The downside of this sweater is I feel like if I make it for myself, then I'll never take it off. And then, you know, people will start talking about me and I'll be known as that girl with that sweater that she won't take off. And anyway, it could be bad. So I'll have to give that some thought. Anyways, so those are the projects that I really want to start right now, but I'm trying desperately to hold off just for a little bit because there are so, so many projects that I have in the works right now. It's, it's not even funny. Um, I have no idea how I've ended up with so many works in progress. It's not like me at all. I, I'm usually one of those knitters that just has maybe two projects going at once, maybe three, and I just get them done, and I don't start anything else, but yeah, I don't know. Um, now I have like a million. It's, I, I don't even want to look in my knitting basket because I just keep finding more things that I forgot that I have going, and it's really overwhelming, and yeah. I don't even think I can talk about it because it's totally starting to freak me out. So instead, I'd like to focus on what I've accomplished in my knitting over this past month. While I was at home recovering from my surgeries, I was looking for a project to work on that would keep my interest, but not require too much thinking or mental energy. It was at this point that I started thinking about all those projects I have going on the needles right now and how out of every one, how much I missed working on my Snicket socks that I started a couple months ago. And if you remember, those hold a special place in my heart because of the yarn, because it's the special Never Not Knitting Green yarn dyed up by wool candy 
So I was really, really enjoying those. And I guess I put them down originally because I think I got busy with a design project or something, but it wasn't because I wasn't enjoying them because I really was. So I decided that those would be a good project to work on at that time. So I picked those up again and I finished one sock, which feels really good to do. And I'm about halfway through the second. So I feel like I'm making good progress on those. And I seriously cannot wait to finish them because they're just beautiful. And I would really like to wear them this fall. Also recently, I started and I'm working on a little project for my daughter. Yeah, I know. I wasn't going to start anything. I, uh, yeah, but unfortunately I had no choice. There is a story behind this. I made the mistake of printing out the Daphne and Delilah Mama and Baby Monster Pattern by Danger Crafts a few weeks ago and showing the pictures to my four-year-old daughter. Now, I have no idea how I could be so stupid to make this mistake. Why did I do that? Have I not learned my lesson by now? I'm sure that you already know the dangers of telling a four-year-old something before you're ready to actually make it happen. For instance, if my daughter is invited to a party or we're going on a special vacation or something, I will not and cannot tell her until we are driving in the car and we are halfway there. I've learned the hard way that four-year-olds have absolutely no concept of time and zero patience. So, as you can guess, when I showed my daughter the pictures of those cute little monsters on the pattern, she wanted them right then, as in now. Like I'm some sort of crazy knitting machine that can just whip out a new toy for her in like five minutes. And when I showed her, I wasn't even ready to start knitting the pattern yet because of all the other projects I had going on. I wanted to at least finish a couple of those before starting something new. I tried to explain this to my daughter, but big surprise, she didn't care or understand. Instead, this is what I heard over and over and over again. Mommy, I need you to knit my monster. I need you to. And I really wanted to make it. Please. Can you please give my monster, please? So after a week or so of being incessantly harassed by my daughter about these monsters, I slowly but surely was worn down. In fact, one day while I was folding laundry, my daughter came into the room with the monster pattern in hand and told me with much certainty and conviction that it was no longer time for me to do laundry. That it was time for me to knit those monsters. She told me that I needed to sit down and knit. Right here, right now. Now, usually under any other circumstance, I would not tolerate being bossed around by my four-year-old daughter. But when I heard those words, Mommy, it is time for you to sit down and knit, 
I couldn't believe it. Those words. I... I didn't even know how to process them. They were like music to my ears. Like the words I had been waiting to hear ever since she was born. I couldn't believe it. The day had finally come. My little girl, who up until this point has needed my attention and care every second of the day, was not only giving me permission to sit down and do something that I love, but she was insistent on it. I figured that I should seriously take advantage of that. So I listened to her. I sat down, and I started on those monsters. And I gotta tell you, they are so cute. This is a really fun pattern. If you haven't seen it before, it's just really funny and silly. It's this knitted striped monster, the mommy monster, who has a little pocket in the front where a little solid colored baby monster can fit. And they both have these jagged felt teeth and button eyes, and they are just too funny. I just had to make them. So I'll be sharing more pictures of that project as I go along. My daughter is completely obsessed, so it'll be really fun to surprise her with these when I'm done. So aside from those projects that I've been working on, I've also completed a few projects recently, which always feels really good. I finally finished up that alpaca design project that I mentioned in the last episode, so I'm really happy to have that out of the way and done. The pattern is visiting right now with my tech editor, and we'll soon go to my graphic designer and test knitter. So I'm hoping that that can all be completed in the next couple of weeks, but I will keep you posted. Also, last week, I started and completed a new hat for a knitting friend who I just learned has cancer. This hat that I made is the Fructigrord hat, put out by the Fiber Company and designed by Melissa Labar. And in case you are curious, fructigord is a Swedish word meaning orchard. And I know that because I am really, really smart. Really smart. Yeah. And also because I wrote the company to ask about it. And maybe listen to the online dictionary's pronunciation like a million times. Because, you know, it's not every day that you run across a word like fruit, fruit, like fruit, fruit, thank you. Anyways, this is a great little hat. It's a beret with a beautiful leafy pattern all over, which is so right up my alley. And I thought that this would be a perfect present for my friend because... I figure that she might like to have a hat like this if she loses her hair because since it's an all-over lace pattern in a lightweight yarn, it could maybe be a hat that she could wear indoors or in warmer weather without getting too overheated. Also, I knit the hat out of the yarn that the pattern called for, which is Road to China Light from the Fiber Company. And this yarn is so 
incredibly soft, so I think it'll be really comfortable to wear as well. Knitting this hat has been my first experience with the Fiber Company yarns, so I thought that this would be a great yarn to highlight on this episode. So this brings me to... Bring on the product reviews! The Fiber Company's Road to China is a luxurious blend of baby alpaca, cashmere, camel, and silk. It's unbelievably soft. I mean it. I've never worked with a blend like this before. As I mentioned, for the hat, I used Road to China Light, which is a fingering weight, but the company offers a worsted weight version of Road to China as well. The fingering weight version has 159 yards per 50 gram skein and knits up to a gauge of 24 to 26 stitches per 4 inches. Road to China Light retails for about $15 which I think is a nice mid-range. It's not outrageously expensive, nor is it inexpensive either. To me, it seems like a pretty reasonable price point for such a luxurious blend. And what I liked about this particular pattern is that it just used one skein, and it used the whole skein too, so not a lot of leftovers, which I like because it's such a nice yarn, so it's nice that you don't have a lot of waste at the end. While I was knitting this, I was thinking, that it's not that often that you can give someone a beautiful gift like this for only $15. I mean, it's a beautiful pattern, and this yarn is total luxury. I felt like it was just a really good value, and also a gift that I could feel really good about giving. I'm just very impressed by this yarn, and I'm really glad that I finally got a chance to work with it. And I really have no idea why it took me so long to get around to using it. I've been hearing about the Fiber Company for years now, and even this past year or more, I've seen tons of really cute patterns using this yarn, and that's really piqued my interest. The distributor of the Fiber Company yarns is Kelborn Woolens, which is probably a name that you'll recognize. The company is run by Kate and Courtney, who are two knitters from Philadelphia that used to work together at their local yarn shop. I really enjoyed following the Kelborn Woolens blog because I really like seeing the patterns that they provide for the Fiber Company yarns. I think that the designs are really cute and I really like their style. For instance, one of their patterns is the Cebu Modern Hat that I knit maybe a year ago now and I absolutely love that pattern. So if you like that one, you'll probably like the others too. A lot of these patterns they design themselves but they also recently partnered up with Melissa Labar for some hat patterns. And I really like her as a designer as well. She's the one that designed the hat and also the tea leaves cardigan that I made a few months back. So if you enjoy her style and the styling of the Fiber Company patterns, then you'll be very happy to know that Melissa just co-authored a knitting book called New England Knits, which I've heard great things about, and Kate and Courtney, the owners of Kelborn Woolens, also have a book coming out through Interweave Press in the spring called Vintage Modern Knits. And this book will be featuring designs all in the Fiber Company yarns, so I really look forward to checking that out when the book is released. Another pattern that isn't put out by Kelborn Woolens, but calls for the Road to China light yarn 
is the sabbatical cardigan that I mentioned before. I love that pattern so much, and the idea of knitting it out of this yarn sounds, well, heavenly. Owning a gorgeous hat out of Road to China Light would be wonderful enough, but a huge sweater? Wow, that would be something. Now that is a serious knitting fantasy. Another thing I'd like to mention about the Fiber Company yarns is that the colorways available are really beautiful. A lot of natural earthy tones, which I happen to just love. The color that I chose for the hat project was Malachite, which looks rather plain online, to tell you the truth. But in person, it's a beautiful, rich green. Kind of more of a forest green color. My friend that I made it for loves the color green like I do, and I thought that this color paired really nicely with the leafy design. Also, the way that the colors are dyed are somewhat tonal. They're really subtly variegated. Not with different colors, but some parts of the skein are darker than others, which I really like that effect. I think that I would always choose that form of dyeing over a true solid, because it adds so much more depth to the color. The slight color variation paired with the little bit of sheen in the yarn from the silk, it makes it look like the fabric is sparkling, almost like glistening in the sun. It's so pretty, and, and I'll be sharing pictures on my blog soon of my finished hat, and I hope that the photography captures that quality so that you can see that for yourself because it's really beautiful. This episode's sponsor, The Backwards Loop, was kind enough to send me a few different shades of this yarn, including a really pretty blue color called Aquamarine. Unfortunately, I just found out about another friend of mine undergoing chemotherapy treatment, so I think I'll save this skein for her and make a second hat. I don't usually like making a pattern twice, but I think that this pattern is just a really good choice for someone who's going through chemotherapy, and I think that since I just knit it, the second time should go even faster, and I can probably just whip that out really quick. So I'll be sharing pictures of that project as well, so that you can see what the aquamarine colorway looks like too. I really hope that my friends enjoy their hats and that they bring a little bit of comfort to them in such a difficult time. So if you listening are interested in trying out the hat or sampling a fiber company yarn, I am pleased to announce that the Backwards Loop is offering a 10% discount off of the entire online shop through the month of July only for the Never Not Knitting listeners. All you have to do is enter the code JULYPODCAST in the checkout process to receive your discount. This is a great opportunity for you to make a hat for someone that you love. It only takes just the one skein, and I promise you'll enjoy every minute of it. As I've mentioned on the podcast before, the Backwards Loop is a great online shop with an awesome selection, so be sure to give them a visit. I'll be linking to the shop in this episode's show notes. Additionally, I will be announcing a special Fiber Company drawing giveaway 
on my blog very soon. You'll have a chance to win a lovely skein of Road to China Light, provided by the Backwards Loop, as well as the pattern, and a special surprise skein of a new fiber company yarn called Savannah, provided by Kelborn Woolens. So be sure to check my blog in the next few days to enter to win this awesome prize. This episode's knitting story was kindly contributed by podcast listener Brenda. Today, I have the pleasure of reading her story entitled Adventures of a Prodigal Knitter. Why the prodigal knitter? Well, I returned to knitting in 2007 after a 20-year absence. The story of how that happened is discussed in episode 15, The Slowest Knitter in History. To quickly recap, I found a knitting bag with knitting in it that had been lost and abandoned 20 years ago, misplaced during a move, and finally rediscovered. I obtained a copy of the original pattern on eBay and continued to knit the sweater, completing it one month later, 20 years after it was first cast on. What I learned? Knitting is timeless, and muscle memory really does exist. So buoyed by my success, I wondered what to knit next. An online friend had just started knitting for the first time, and she was knitting socks. Socks were scary. Those little pointed needles, that mysterious way they curve at the heel. No way was a beginner like her tackling socks. Well, the long dormant competitive streak in me emerged. If she could do it, then I certainly could. She kindly emailed me links to instructions on using two circular needles, a free basic sock pattern, and an article called Sock Anxiety. I ordered my two circs and away I went. I'm a totally self-taught knitter, so I was fine to just roll up my sleeves and embark on this new challenge. The mystery of turning the heel revealed itself to me, and my first socks turned out okay, although the colors were awfully bright. What I learned? Knitting socks isn't that hard, if you can follow instructions. But the bright self-striping yarn I used? in green, teal blue, purple, and hot pink, was fun to knit with, but kind of bright in the finished product. The kind of socks a circus clown would use to complete his outfit. What I learned? Just because you can knit something, doesn't mean that you should knit it. Luckily, my sister was happy to take them off my hands. From there I was hooked and turned out many more pairs of socks. Top down, toe up, two at a time, even some of those off-the-wall catboardy designs. There was that nice pair in mauve, pink and beige, which turned out too big, so I gave them to my son. The colors are a bit feminine, and I have no idea if he wears those. Hmm. Another pair was also a self-patterning yarn and I chose a lace pattern. Yes, you guessed it, 
The lace pattern and the self-striping sock yarn were fighting it out, and I don't know which one was the winner. What I learned? Not every sock yarn goes with every sock pattern. There's actually an art to matching the right yarn to the right pattern. Now around this time, a friend told me about felting, a whole new adventure. So I turned out a bunch of large and small felted bags in different styles with various embellishments. They made great gifts. What I learned? All that loose fuzz can really damage your washing machine. I decided to slow down on the felting projects before the machine broke down in protest. Although I always had a pair of socks on the needles, I yearned for larger, more substantial projects. When I learned that my son and his wife were about to buy a house, I decided that an afghan would be a great housewarming present. After all, it was literally there for warming you up. I poured over my patterns by the dozens. There were so many criteria. Not too simple, not too complicated, not too old-fashioned, not too boring, and no sewing up of endless squares either. I wanted it to be interesting for me to knit and attractive for them to enjoy using. I thought it should be wool, since acrylics are never as warm as wool, but it needed to be machine washable, since I couldn't see anyone washing a big blanket by hand. I finally found a pattern I liked. I asked my daughter-in-law to choose the colors, and I ordered Cascade 220 Superwash in two coordinating colors, a warm terracotta red and a deep gold. Away I went. I had a few bumps along the way. I ran out of yarn and had to order more, and I found that due to changing tension over time, because the work went on for six months, I had a trapezoid and not a rectangle, and had to partially re-knit it. In the end, it was about 45 inches by 72 inches. Huge! What I learned? Knitting an afghan that uses 10 balls of Cascade 220 means 2,200 yards of knitting, or over 150,000 stitches. That is a ton of work! I don't think I'll be doing that again anytime soon. After knitting several lacy socks without incident, I thought I'd go for the ultimate, a lace shawl. I chose the Seascape shawl from Knitty.com. I had five skeins of fuzzy mohair yarn which looked as though it would work for this pattern. It was a really lovely blue lilac color, like hydrangeas or blue hyacinth. The Seascape pattern was less fussy and more tailored than a lot of lace shawls and seemed like a good bet for my first lace shawl. Mohair is really hard to unravel, so I had to get this right. Also, inspired by someone else's version on Ravelry, I decided to add beads, some of the edges and one in the center of each motif. So it was my first beaded project as well. Might I add, mohair was really hairy and got all over my clothes and even up my nose when I worked. I had to stop working on it an hour before I went to bed each night or else I'd sneeze and cough when I was trying to get to sleep. Anyway, my mother-in-law was staying with us for a while so I decided I would make it for her. She's always complained that she's cold, even here in Los Angeles, so this might help. She used to be a knitter, so at least she would appreciate the work that was going into it. Now there were some errors near the beginning, 
but then I decided to obsessively put stitch markers every 10 stitches and keep counting where exactly 10 stitches between the markers. Once I did that, there were no more errors. I was a bit anxious if my hard-to-please mother-in-law would actually like it. And, well, she did. I wrapped it in tissue and put it in a box so she would have a nice gift-opening experience. When she saw it, she said, how pretty. Then she said, it must have been a lot of work. Then she wore it the rest of the evening. Half joking, I told her I would keep the temperature of the house low so she would have to wear it because she's totally the type that would put it away and save it for a special occasion. My mother-in-law has done a lot for me over the years, not the least of which was looking after my baby boy so that I could go back to work. So I was happy I could do something nice for her. What I learned? Knitting can be very rewarding, both for the knitter and her loved ones. So where does that leave me? I absolutely love knitting. And with a new baby granddaughter, I have plenty of new patterns in my Ravelry queue and lots of new challenges ahead. There's Anchelock and Fair Isle and Laceweight and Double Knitting. Thank you again, Brenda, for letting me share your story on the podcast. I'll be linking to Brenda's Ravelry page, her knitting blog, and her first published pattern, the crayon pocket cardigan, in this episode's show notes. So be sure to go check that out. If you listening can think of a fun knitting story that you would like to share on a future episode, please email me. I'd love to hear it. Again, the show notes for this episode, and every episode of Never Not Knitting, can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. You can also find me on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. So before I close this episode for today, I'd first like to announce the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. The winner of the two beautiful skeins of Becoming Art Yarn was Joanna Coase, as in J-O-A-N-N-A-C-O-S. So congratulations, Joanna. So when you hear this, please email me with your shipping information. That way I can get your prize out in the mail to you right away. Well, that's pretty much it for this episode. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. And please join me again for episode 40, this season's finale, on August 1st. I'll see you then. She won't even do the dishes. The houseplants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking. From morning until she goes to bed she won't take the time to brush her teeth
let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad Pop ramen again She just won't stop the stitching And the neighbors say it really is quite sad Nobody has clean laundry No pants, no shirts, no underwear But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad I'm filing for divorce She just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.